Hello, friends, and thank you for joining Christ Church Online. We are nearing the end of our series called Are You Connected? And this week, we are led by our senior pastor, the Reverend Dr. Jared Ott. Pastor Jared will be preaching on the importance of being connected to the core, that is, the serving ministries that make up the church. If you would like more information on the serving opportunities that are available here at Christ Church at Grove Farm, I encourage you to check out the ministries page of our website, which is ccgf.org ministries. There you will find a complete list of all of the ministry opportunities that we have available, as well as how you can get connected. Now, here is Pastor Jared with this week's message. Thank you for listening. Well, good morning. You know, that's actually not the first time we've heard someone say that they flew over Christchurch and saw the big red building. So we are uh, looking for volunteers to go up on a roof and paint CCGF uh, right on top so they know how to get here. Well, hi, everybody. I'm Jared Ott, senior pastor. Glad you're here with us here this morning. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for the fact that we can not only be here as a church family, but we can get connected. Connected to using the gifts you've given us. It's, it's a true joy and honor to do that. Lord, I pray that you be with us today. Help us be bold and courageous to do that. And Lord, thank you for your word. You, you teach us so much. I pray that you can impress upon us the message you want us to hear, and that we aren't just hearers of the word, but we'll be doers of it as well. And I ask all this in your mighty name. Amen. Well, as you've seen, we're in a series called Are You Connected? And we're on this fourth bar. Okay, It's looking better, isn't it? When you see one bar, forget it, right? I said that a few weeks ago. The idea here is, you know, when we all know this Wi-Fi symbol, we always want four bars, right? When it's one bar, you're not even going to try. You're not even going to try to make the call. You're not even going to try to get online because you know it's, you're, you're loosely connected. We want you to be fully connected here in the church. And this isn't trying to guilt trip you. Just This is scriptural. This is biblical. What's what we want you to do? And so a few weeks ago, we talked about why you need to connect to the people around you. Then we talked about what the church actually is. We looked at the early church, that it was a scriptural church. It was a joyful church, an awe-inspiring church. Last week, then, John came. John Guest was here and talking about how you not only need to be part of a church, but be growing. The Lord has such a plan for you. There's, there's such a purpose and a plan for you that we want you to be growing. So we offer small groups and Christian ed, all those different uh, places and aspects where you can grow in your knowledge of Him. And this week, we want to go even further. We want you to not only be here part of the church, but be part serving in our church. Now, I know that it's a, a loaded term. People go, oh, I'm not going to. That's what they want me to do. They just want me to, they just want me to come here and, and do things around the church. No, God wants you to do those things around the church. We're just trying to provide opportunities for you to do that. You see, throughout um, America, and there's a trend. It's called the 2080 problem. The 2080 problem says 20% of the people do 80% of the work. In other words, 20% of the church folks do 80% of all the stuff that needs to happen around here. And there are a lot of things that need to happen. In fact, this past Friday was a busy Friday for us. We had two funerals and a wedding. And so we had people coming in early in the morning. We had to, we had to kind of get them out because another funeral was coming in, and then we had to get them out, and then we had a wedding to get to as well. It was a busy day. And we had people here, part of our chancel, helping us with those things, helping greet people as they come in, greet people as they go out, ushers, helping people uh, move through, people doing the decorating, all those different aspects of what needs to happen here around the church. But if we're going to be a, a church that's, that's going to be uh, like the early church, where it's a joyful church, a, a sharing church, a scripture church, if no one's doing those things, we can never, we can never get there. In other words, we can never be a, a sharing church if no one says, I'm never going to share a meal. We can never be a scriptural church if, if no one said, I'm going to open up my homes for a small group or lead a study. 
We could never be a joyful church that's a family-oriented church that if no one wanted to work with our children or our youth, it's about us together. That's what that passage was just read to us. You know, a few weeks back, somebody asked me how I got involved in ministry. And the, the simple answer is, a girl. So I was at Geneva College, and my wife, uh, who I saw and uh, was really attracted to, she had not seen me yet, uh, so it took me a little bit of time there, but she, uh, she said, Jared, um, do you belong to a church right here? I said, no. Uh, she said, do you want to come to Christ Church at Grove Farm? I said, are you going to be there? She said, yeah. I said, absolutely. I'll be there. I'm coming. So I remember coming in the doors, and the place was exciting. People were greeting us as we came in. We felt welcomed. We felt loved. I felt, like, cared for. And I didn't know anybody here. And I thought, it was wonderful. And the music was going, and it was exciting. Oh, this is fantastic. And they talked about how they needed help in the youth ministry. That the youth ministry was starting to grow. And so they needed some other people to come inside, come in and help with those, the students coming in, make them feel connected. And Deb said, Jared, do you want to... You want to get involved in youth ministry? I said, are you involved? She said, yeah. I said, absolutely. I'll be there. <laughs> so I did. And I came and I, it was, I had no idea what I was doing. Okay? I was not planning on going into ministry at this time. I was going to Geneva College. I was going to cardiovascular technology. That was major. That was my goal. I was just coming. But God had a different plan because he had gifts and abilities and passions of, for me that I just didn't realize. And I started coming and I started seeing people, students who were coming, who came to this church who, you know, this was the, the one time a week where they actually had a place of calmness and peace because their homes were, were a mess and they just wanted someone to talk to. I didn't know what I was doing, but God really used Deb and I to really affect some of those students and it's wonderful to see. But it was because someone said, hey, are you involved in ministry? And it was a boldness determination to say, yeah, I'm going to do that. My question for you this morning is very simple. Is are you involved? Are you serving? Well, some of you say, well, no, I don't have time or I don't have the ability to do that or maybe you don't have any gifts or, or you feel like you're, you're not good enough. Let me encourage you. Scripture is really clear. God's given us all gifts and he wants us to use them. And you can. And he's going to give you the time and the ability to do it. You know, I remember coming into youth ministry and having no clue what was going on. In fact, I didn't know what a youth pastor was. Because growing up in New Jersey, we didn't have a youth pastor. We just had a leader for the, for the, for the students who was one of the, my friend's parents. And so when they came in, I was introduced to the youth pastor. And I thought, oh, I don't know what a youth... I guess it was just a young pastor. I thought, well, that's nice to call you the young pastor. Is there like the old pastor here? I didn't know what that meant. And he said, listen, Jared, I know you don't know what you're doing, but just be here. Just be open and be vulnerable. It's nothing about your past. It's nothing about experience. Just be here. Just be here and love on them, because that's what they need. And so we did. You know, over, we are a culture where we're kind of consumers, aren't we? We, we just kind of sit and, and listen. We'll, we'll go, many of us will go home today and watch the game. We will kind of sit and watch. Many of us were watching games yesterday or sporting events yesterday. Or we'll go to the movies. We just kind of sit and watch. We are kind of that culture where we look at the church often as more of, a, more of a business where there's a couple people on the stage doing everything and you come in and watch. And while we want to minister to you, we want to get you involved. In fact, you know, many people say, oh, good, Friday, I'm glad all the pastors, you, you took care of all those, the needs, whether it was funeral and the counseling that happens ahead of time and, and, the, and the weddings. We want you to get involved. There are people here that are working alongside as we're ministering to people. 
We are not just a business organization for us to sit and watch. And that's what scripture talks about. You know, there was a well-known coach who was coaching football. And someone was doing a research study. They were trying to figure out, like, how football, college football, contributes to, like, the national fitness. Because they looked at America and they said, you know, you know the fitness isn't right and we want to get that better. So does football help? Watching football. So they asked us, this real famous college football coach, they said, do you think college football contributes to the national fitness picture? And the, the coach said, no. And the, the guy said, why not? He said, well, as I see it, there's 22 men down in the field desperately needing a rest. And 40,000 people in the stands desperately needing some exercise. <laughs> That's the truth. We look at these guys and we go, man, those guys, are, those guys are going at it. Look how physically fit they are. And we just kind of sit and watch. It's the same thing kind of in the church where we kind of go, we just kind of sit and watch it. And one thing that's really clear is that when we talk about the church, the church is an organism, not an organization. Okay? An organization is kind of a structure. You think of a car. A, a, a car is a good example. A car has a steel frame. It's got tires. It's got steering wheel. It's got a motor. It's an organization. It's a, it's a structure. Okay? But a car isn't alive. It's not alive. I mean, maybe someday you can look at your watch and say, car, come pick me up. Somebody at the first service said, that's going to happen someday. It's going to come pick you up. It's still not alive, though, right? It's just an organization. The church is an organism. It's moving. It's growing. It's full of people. It's full of people. And the Lord works through us to affect the people around us. Every time in Scripture that the that the scripture talks about the church, it's always in the term of an organism, something that's moving and growing. You've got Christ and the bride. You've got, we are the vine. He is the branches. He is the good shepherd. We are the sheep. Every single time, it's an organization. Why? Because God's given you gifts and abilities to use. And he wants you to use them. He wants you to use them. That's why we have to be connected to the core. The core of the people that are the, the, the people go and say, you know what, it's, it's not just my church, it's not just a place I'm going to come and watch. It's a place where I can use my gifts and abilities. And that's what we want to help you with here. We want you to use your gifts and abilities to get involved. Uh, Jamie already talked about greeter ministries. We would love for you to be part of our greeter ministry. As you see, we're redoing our commons out there. We'd love for you to, some of you have a wonderful smile. Some of you, but most of you have a wonderful smile. And I know some of you can talk. I know some of you can talk. So I, we want you to come in and just greet people. That's what we want. We want you to just have a smiling face to come in and say hello. We also want to provide other resources for you. If you have your service sheets right here, there's a, there's a page in here. There's a, a pamphlet in here. It's eight pages long of every different ministry we have here at the Christ Church. And there's a ton. And in fact, not only are there a lot in here, but some of them have multiple ministries in there. You say like middle school. There's probably a ton of different ones in there or, or children. A lot of different areas for you to get involved. The contacts and names of people in there for you to get involved. We want you to look at that and say, you know what, I, I got to get involved somehow. Maybe a little, maybe a lot, but we want you to get involved. Not because we're, not because we're, we're trying to give out our duties here as, a, as pastors, but because Scripture is very clear that we have gifts and abilities used for, for Him. And that's what we see in the Scripture. We've got to be connected to the core because, first off, we are unified through our church. Look at verse 12. You have your service sheets. It says, just as one body, though, has many parts, it's many parts form one body. So it's with Christ, for we are baptized. One spirit has to form one body. Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free. We are all given one spirit to drink. The key word there is what? One. Right? We're unified through Christ. 
Everything that we do is because of him. He loves us. He died for us because we have sin. And so he came down and died for us. And so because of that, we are unified through him. For those that love him and have called him Savior, say, you know what, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. We are unified through him. It doesn't matter if you're at this church or another church. We're all unified through him. We're all unified through what he did. In fact, just this past week, you know, obviously you saw what we were doing, redoing the floors out there. And uh, we're, we're changing it up. And next week we'll come in and it's going to look totally different. It'll look really nice. And, but because of that, because of that construction, we had to move one of our events. Wish we didn't, but we had to move one of our events. It was our Pittsburgh Youth Workers, uh, Pittsburgh, uh, Workers Youth Conference. What happens is Pastor Jamie, Pastor Robbie, Pastor Doug bring all the youth leaders in from all over this tri-county area right to here, right to Christ Church. Okay? And they're trained for the whole day. They have breakout sessions and they're, they're talking about youth ministry. It's wonderful that our church is being used in such a place like that. But because we're doing the floors, we can't walk on it. We can't obviously have it here. So uh, we had to ask another church nearby if they would host it. And so this week, I, and they said yes. And so I texted this pastor friend of mine and just said, hey, thanks for hosting the PYWC for us while we were in construction. He wrote back something really powerful. He wrote, no problem, Jared. One Lord, one church, same team. One Lord, one church, same team. Isn't that powerful? It's powerful to know that, hey, what they're doing down there, we're doing here. It's one Lord. One church, same team. We are unified through Christ. In fact, Ephesians 4 says, make every effort, every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. One body, one spirit. Just as you were called to one hope. One hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God, Father of all, who is over and through all in all. That's why we're here. It's the only reason we have church, because of our Lord. We're unified through the church. Not only that, we're diversified in our abilities. We're diversified in our abilities. Look at verse 14. It says, even so, the body's not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not be for that reason to stop being part of the body. If an ear should say, I'm not an ear, I don't belong to the body, it would not be for that reason to stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of smell be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? I, I look at that and I go, how bizarre would it be if we were all one big ear? Right? Think. I think Paul had a good sense of humor when he wrote this. Why? Because we don't all have the same gifts. I do not have the same gifts as you have. I do not have the same gifts as Brad. I've asked Brad many times, can I sing a solo? He says no, repeatedly. I do not have that gift of music. You do not want me doing a caring meals ministry. I do not cook well. So if I sent that to them, they would send it right back. Okay? I don't have that gift. We have different gifts, don't we? We're diversified. We have, that's why the Lord gives us different gifts, different passions, different abilities. In fact, um, a few years, many years ago, I was asked to preach at my home church in New Jersey. It was my first time ever preaching. And I was really uh, new in ministry. And they said, Jerry, would you come preach? And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to go do that. I don't, I've never really done a sermon before, but uh, I'm going to figure it out. And so I thought, well, I'm going to, I know some really good preachers. I'm, maybe I'll listen to them and see how they do it, right? So, for like two weeks before this um, sermon, I, I would listen to this one famous preacher that I thought, well, he's really good. He was this large man who would yell and scream throughout his sermons. And he would kind of like run down the aisle, and he would get the congregation to like get involved, and like some people would stand up and cheer, and I thought, that's what I want to see happen. So that's what I'm going to do. So 
Uh, so I get there and I, I try to do this thing. I try to be somebody I wasn't. I started yelling. I started raising my voice, trying to get the congregation to talk to each other. It was terrible. And in fact, they have never asked me to come back and preach there again. So someday, maybe. But I try to be something I wasn't. I, that wasn't me. I don't have those gifts. That's fine. That, that's, that's his gifts. That's his abilities. I have different ones. That's why I love when Hebrews 12 is a very powerful verse for us to keep in mind. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Four words that will change everything. I run, once did a Bible study, and I, I, that was my title. Four words that change everything. Marked out for us. Your race is not my race. My going through life and the, the things that I get into, it's not your race. I, but your race isn't my race either. I don't need to be jealous of Brad that he has the ability to do music to do music, or the rest of the band. That's their gift. That's wonderful. We want to come alongside. That's why we work together. That's why Jamie had to do this thing. Because why? It gets, it gets louder when we're all doing, doing something, right? I don't have that gift. That's wonderful that he has a gift. You have gifts that I don't have. Some of you have the gift of um, working with your hands. We have a wonderful widow's ministry that, that the guys come alongside and help fix up their houses or their cars. That's a gift. That's an ability that you could use. Some of you love children and can do really well with children. I, yeah, I, I can go down to the nursery, but once it starts crying, I'm giving it whoever's nearby. I'm just going to hand it over. Some of you have the ability to work with, with, with babies. Some of you have the gift to be a greeter. Some of you, just in the cafe. Some of you have a gift to, uh, with your hands and working around here at the church. Or on missions that we have. Working with the youth. So many different things. That's why we want you to get involved. Because you have been given gifts. You have a race marked out for you. The question is, is, are you running that race? Are you running that race? Some of you aren't. It was one of the saddest things where a few, we were, I don't know, probably a few years ago, I was, we were doing a funeral for a gentleman and um, his family came to my office and I was asking them about this gentleman. They said, you know, he's got a great personality and he was so full of life and he just loved people. And I said, oh, and he, he went to church. Often I said, well, that's great. He goes to church. And they said, well, what areas did he get involved in? They said, oh, he never got involved. He, he just kind of liked to come in the back and leave. And I said, oh, how, how sad. Somebody who, such great personality, with so many great gifts, could have affected so many people. We could tell story after story of here, of here, of people that have been affected by various ministries or missions that we have here at the church. I bet we could bring people from the Dominican Republic coming in here, which we will in a few weeks, talking about how grateful they are that people are going to come to the Dominican Republic just to show them the love of Jesus. Over and over again, that's you. We're diversified in our abilities. And so many of you ask, well, how do I know that? Well, we have a spiritual gifts assessment online. If you want to go online, you can take that spiritual gifts assessment. And what you say is, okay, figure out what your spiritual gifts are. And then understand what, your, what is your passion, what drives you, what things, that, what things do you do really well. Is it with your hands or is it more behind the scenes? And you go, okay, with that spiritual gift and my passion and abilities, where can I get involved? And that's where this comes into play. That's where you put them all together. You say, okay, that's how I can get used. And I can tell you this. For those of you who think that I don't have time or I don't have the right resources, God will equip you. I have never met somebody in my life in the history of ministry where they got involved in ministry where they didn't succeed there, where God was going to use them, where they had time to do it. You just got to take a chance and do it. Because we're unified through the body, we're diversified in our abilities, but we're also gifted by our Lord. 
Look at verse 18. But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Just as he wanted them to be. If you were all one part, where would the body be? As it were, there are many parts, one body. Just as he wanted them to be. We're not here randomly. We don't have random gifts. He's given you abilities. He looks at you and loves you and says, Listen, I, I've given you gifts and abilities to use. That's why the parable of the talents is such a powerful parable because it speaks to us as a church. Matthew 25. What happens is there's this man who, who gets five talents and at once he puts them to work with the money and gained five more. So this master comes in and he gives his servant, one servant, five talents. He said, Here, go work with these five talents. And so he goes and he gains five more. Then he goes to the one with two talents. He he goes and that person gains two more as well. The man who had received one talent, he gives one one talent. That guy goes and digs a hole in the ground and buries it. Buries it. And after a long time, the master of the servants return and settle accounts with them. And this is what he says. This is what he says. The man who received five talents brought the five masters. He said, you've entrusted me with five talents. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've gained faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many. To come and share your master's happiness. Then the man with two came up. Master, you've entrusted me two talents. See, I've gained two more. Master says the same thing. Well done, good and faithful. You have been faithful of a few. I'll put you in charge of many. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one came. Master, he said, I knew you were a hard man. Harvesting where you have not sown. Gathering where you have not scattered. So I was afraid. I went out and hid your talent on the ground. So then the master goes on to, to throws this guy out. Calls him a wicked servant. Then you say, what's a talent? They figured out what a talent is. A talent is a, is a measure. And then through some calculations, they found out that a talent actually is worth a lot of money. In fact, somebody calculated it was, it was up in the, the tens of thousands. Some other people think it's now in the millions. What's the point? The, the point is that the master gave the servants multi-million dollar investment. When the Lord looks at you, he doesn't look at you and go, eh, you're, you can kind of be used for my kingdom. You can kind of be used for my service. No, he looks at you and looks at you as a multi-million dollar investment. That's what he sees. He sees someone and goes, you know, I made you perfect. I've knitted you in your mother's womb. I've given you gifts, abilities, and passions. I just want you to use them. And some people look around and go, well, listen, I don't, I'm not a great preacher, or I'm not going to be this world-renowned evangelist. You know what? That's okay. And that's what this parable speaks to, too. Because what does he say to the guy that gets five and the guy that gets two? He says the exact same thing to them. The guy that gets ten talents and the guy that has now four talents gets the same honor. In other words, God's not saying how much, how much you should have. He's just saying, be faithful with what I've given you. If you have abilities to do small things, just use it. Because you get the same honor, same glory. He just wants you to be faithful. So that when we get to heaven, no matter if we're the greatest preacher of all, or we just work behind the scenes, or we're just changing diapers, God's going to look at you and go, well done, that good and faithful servant. That's my hope. That's my prayer for you. As you go through life, that you don't just go through life knowing that Oh, I can't really do much, or maybe I'm not that good of a person, or what if they find out about my past? I hope they do. I hope when you work with people, as maybe get involved in ministry, people ask you about your past, because they're going to find out what? You're not perfect. And then they're going to feel like, oh, that's good, because I'm not perfect either. But God can use you. God can use you. 
And I can tell you right now, he's not looking for the people that are, have the, all their life together or that are perfect, have made the best decisions or have all these abilities or who can sing like an angel or who can, who can do all these great and wonderful things. He's just looking for people saying, you know what, God, I don't know how you want to use me, but just use me however you want to use me. That's about getting connected to the core. That's about getting connected to the core. You know, as we close here this morning and we sing our last song, you know, I love what Anna just sang, that song that she just sang. Isn't that powerful? Powerful because it talks about God using us how he will. Take my life and let it be. And I was, I was looking this week, I, you know, I, I came across this poem. I, I'm not a poem reader, just so you know. If you go, oh, Jared likes poems. Please don't send me poems. Um, I, I appreciate it, but please don't send me emails of a bunch of poems. I did find this poem that I thought, man, it's really perfect for this service. This service that we're doing here, talking about, because some people go, I, I didn't live a good life, or I've not made, I'm kind of new to the church. I wonder how God can use me. I'm, I'm not like Pastor Jared or Pastor Jamie or Pastor Brad. I, how can He use me? This is called searching for a vessel. It says the master was searching for a vessel to use on the shelf. There were many. Which one would he choose? Take me, cried the gold one. I'm shiny and bright. I'm of great value, and I do things just right. My beauty and luster will outshine the rest. And for someone like you, Master, gold would be the best. Unheeding, the Master passed on to the brass. It was wide mouth and shallow, polished like glass. Here, here, cried the vessel, I know I will do. Place me on your table for all men to view. Look at me, called the goblet of crystal so clear. My transparency shows my content so dear. Though fragile am I, I will serve you with pride. And I'm Sure, I'll be happy your house to abide. The master next came to a vessel of wood, polished and carved. It solidly stood. You may use me, dear master, the wooden bowl said, but I'd rather you use me for fruit, not for bread. Then the master looked down and saw a vessel of clay, empty and broken, it helplessly lay. No hope had the vessel that the master might choose to cleanse and make whole, to fill and to use. Ah, this vessel I've been hoping to find. I will mend it and use it and make it all mine. I need not the vessel with pride of itself, nor the one who is narrow to sit on the shelf, nor the one who is big mouth and shallow and loud, nor one who displays his contents so proud, nor the one who thinks he can do all things just right, but this plain earthly vessel filled with my power and might. Then gently he lifted the vessel of clay, mended and cleansed it and filled it that day. Spoke to it kindly, there's work you must do. Just pour out to others as I pour into you. Powerful because it reminds us that God's not looking for perfect people. He's just looking for people willing to be used by him. And that's what we want to help you with. Couples, maybe you want to serve together in ministry. Maybe you want to open up your home. Maybe you want to lead a study. If you have questions, Pastor Jamie and I are here. We'd love to help you. We want to get you involved. Get you connected in the core. Not because we need you to because the Lord asks us to and he wants to use you mightily. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for the fact that you use us mightily, Lord. Help us to be bold and courageous to take that first step saying, you know, God, use me however you will. I'm going to get involved some way, somehow. We thank you for what you're doing here at our church. Lord, be with us in the days ahead and I ask all this in your name. Amen. Would you stand with me as we sing?